Okay. Party people. All right, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, P. Maddie, where did this podcast fall off? It fell off. It happened. It was COVID. Couldn't really be in person. And then you were just, it's a labor of love. It's a labor of passion. So to my friends who are like, yo, 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 to my friends, they're my fans. My fan base is my friends. What? Oh, to my fan base. Oh, 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 I just got a text from the guest. Ladies and gentlemen, so we're back. We're back with Secret Famous. I apologize for my hiatus, but that's how a passion project goes. You know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? But don't think I ain't been working on it. We've been done working. So check it out. It's been an incredible summer of 2020, 2021. Oh, yes. Dude, I'm so psyched. Um, and uh, let's just get right today. Who cares about the whole thing? So I was in Oahu, and I got to the next guest, secret famous guest, Alika Lyman of Alika Lyman, colon, good news. Yes. <laughs> yes, y'all. I scored Alika Lyman, the king, the god, the... We just worship at him. He's, a, he's the best. Literally the best motherfucker ever. I'm so psyched. And Alika, I hung with the god, <clears throat> Eric Trudell, who I'll have on here from sometime. And he's a new member of the Rockaway Surf Club that I'm in. And it's not really a club. No, it's a club, dude. We have an actual club. We text each other, who can go surfing tomorrow? The leader of the club is Tim Lappin, the episode before this, the king. Holy shit, we recorded that almost a year ago. That's the last one. It's almost been a year, but I got some in the can, so I'm going to dump a few. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I'm hyper-caffeinated. I had two, two espressos. Look at this, look. Mm. I'm drinking it in my Kona coffee cup, too. So, anyway, y'all, went to Oahu, scored Alika Lyman. Well, in Oahu, first and foremost, I just want to let you guys know that I did eat a Spam Musubi and an Island Mac every single day I was there. That's right. One of the greatest pleasures in life is to, like, I accompany it with a guava juice or a Kona coffee. I have a straight-up kink for Kona coffee. When I am on the islands, when I hear that was <laughs> I drink an absurd amount of Kona coffee. Total kink for it. Total kink. Anyway, spam musubi. Oh, little coffee or a guava juice. Island back. Always remember that Hawaii has the best air, the best water, the best sun. You're there to heal, to nourish. It's like life is meant to just flourish. Just And you're there. I hope everybody goes there right now. Book a ticket now. The locals won't like it that you're there, but you should go. And you engage in respect and humility and modesty. Not necessarily modesty. That's the wrong word. Just cover your nipples 
In your butt? No, not really. Anyway, Alika Lyman, composer, multi-intellectualist. He's, he's just a god. He's a king. He's a kindred spirit. He talks about um, how he went back to the garage to make this record. And I think to musicians, that means you're making music with other humans, which instantly makes music cooler and more listenable. Let's be honest. I only listen to old records now. If I listen to new shit, you listen to it once, and you're like, yeah, that sounds like some digital bullshit. And then maybe if the song is super fucking good, if it's a super good song. But even, I just, dude, the new Hasley shit that Trent Reznor listened to. I think it's called, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. I just listened to that record. It's fucking so beautiful, but there's like, the songs are so medium, dude. There's no melody. But Trent's production is insane. There's good tracks coming out today. Big Thief, Phoebe Bridges, those are good songwriters. I'm into them. Anyway, whoa, whoa. This is a coffee talk. He veered way, way off the track. Kinder Spirit to Alika. The first track, whoa, take a breath, Paul. You're hyper-caffeinated. I'm going to listen back to this and think, what the fuck? I'm already at five minutes. I try to keep these under ten. I'm in Oahu, surfing and hiking. Only nature stuff. I didn't do any touristy bullshit. Rachel, I didn't do any of that. Just hung with friends, ate dope food, hiked, and surfed. Sat at the beach. Nature, nature, nature. That's what I did there. Anyway, besides that, I got to hang out with Alika. Besides that, we went to Dimitri's studio. Again, shout out. We cruised over to Dimitri's. Thank you to Dimitri. I, dude, the words of Hawaii are so many vowels it's so difficult for me to process them it feels like a centrifuge when i hear them so i apologize to alika and dimitri we were alika's from mililani we went over to the east side in dimitri's studio if you go to hawaii you want to make a record which would be fucking baller go to dimitri's spot uh <clears throat> Alika said he did like 30 new jams. I got to like hear a version of this band at Teddy's on Sunday. And the thing I would say about Alika, not only is he an insanely sick player, the dude loves music, which all musicians do, and he just exudes joy and happiness in the music. The music has true aloha spirit, motherfucker. And I did say motherfucker, but fucker. I enjoy that the casualness of which the Hawaiians could say the phrase fucka. Like, it, and I believe my understanding, Lika, you can correct me in it, but it, it can have an incredible positive connotation, like you fucka, or a mad negative one, which I've been trying to adopt all pigeon into my just general being. Because it's cultural appropriation doesn't exist, dudes. Let's be honest. It's just humanizing of people. We're all coming together. We're all different. Let's learn from each other. It's fucking bullshit. I'm just throwing that one out there. That's like the one thing. You throw one thing out there and like one dumb motherfucker will be like, hey, man, you said... I'm like, I'm of two minds of all things. I can see all sides. What? Okay. Anyway, dog. First track is called Try Smoke This. And when Alika said it... Dude, Alika, I thought it was like one word. I'm going to make sure I look at the Dropbox link. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking at it right now. I'm on the page. I'm on, try smoke this. No exclamation point. Try, new word, smoke, new word, this. And then I'm playing you out with 
La Moth, which we talk about these tracks. They're fucking hot. Please check out Alika. Alika Lyman. Toward the end of the podcast, A-L-I-K-A-L-Y-M-A-N. Just Google him. If you Google him, he has an Instagram. He has a website. Go check him out. He has a sweet baby girl. He's an insane musician. I really think you're going to dig this first track. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope we get to see Alika in New York again. Um, usually I give a little background. I'm so caffeinated. I met Alika in New York. My friend, the late, great Jim Cobb, who is no longer with us. I imply that when I said the word late, just so you know. But said, you got to hook up with this dude. He sent me an email. Then when I met Alika, I was like, oh, this is like the coolest cat ever. So... Leak is the shit. That's all there is. Listen to music. Listen to the conversation. I hope you fucking take care of yourself. And I hope you have a good fall. Surf season. Surfing closeouts. I'm drinking a... Um, after those two espressos, I'm having a watermelon. LaCroix right now. Be well. Take care of yourself. Enjoy a leak of Lyman. Good news. See you soon. And Mary get Frodo, cause this ring is tripping. Boxing lords and all types of swords. Bringing the elves and the last of the dwarves. You bring the Snow White and I got the s'mores. I don't speak in tongues, I just beat the drums. You don't stop the beat, we just having fun. Just bake the pie and left with the crumbs. I know bows with smoke, unfazed yet stunned. Illegitimate son, have inappropriate fun. I don't do it for funds. I see through with love, but you take it from this. It's just a lyrical piss. Pull up, but don't stay long. This is the abyss where monsters are formed. Problems ignored. Killer bees on the swarm with guns and swords. Oh, Lord. 
I can't imagine that this thing would happen. Somebody blast him, Yosemite Sam, man. Call the doc, ask him what's up. I got some Martians sending the starships, maybe for horsemen or many men at arms, son. Committing arson in the paper backs of Gary Larson. He's so far to one side that everyone ignores him, but he's really awesome. Like I'm in a vortex, headed straight to the point, but there never was one. I'm going to pop the All seltzers. Right. It's official. Ladies and gentlemen, Secret Famous with yes. the musical god. Jeez. Hawaii, New York City, Seattle, bassist, musician, musical genius. One of the only cats to ever arrive in New York City as a 10 hang chops, 10 musical chops. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Alika Libin. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's serious, bro. That's, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about Oh, dude, dude. Unparalleled, unparalleled, unparalleled. And here, so we're on. Tell the good people of Secret Famous Lad where we are because m my poor Northeast brain is just. I'm in the. I keep saying I'm in the centrifuge with the Hawaiian words. It's so hard to keep straight, dude. <laughs> it'll, it'll stick eventually. You find the um, your arteries. You know, you learn the arteries first, then the side streets, right? <laughs> but, um, so we're in Kailua, you know, we're in the east side, man. And and we're at Dimitri's studio, man. If you don't know, Dimitri's been in the scene in Hawaii a long time. He's recorded a lot of guys and um yeah, he's the realest engineer we got. One of them, I don't know all of them, but definitely I feel at home in this studio, man. Running it on Oahu in Dimitri's studio. Yep. And in <laughs> in in the tracking room where, you know, I mean, I've I've been born and died in this room like 20 times. Man. <laughs> We've, we had one oh. day, man, where nothing got saved on tape. It was like a six, seven, eight hour day. Oh, no. It's okay. It's what it's about, right? No, that's how it happens. I was thinking about how <clears throat> when you're tracking something and you just can never get into it and you're actually dying on the inside. You're like, I just, this isn't happening today. But you got to plow through in the studio because you're like, I booked the time. We're literally in the live room. Yeah. And Aliga, is this, this is the exact room where you tracked the song I just played people in with. I'm going to turn my page. I know the song, but I just want to make this. I'm going to say it as American as possible. Try smoke this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. This is the room. This is where, this is where I did some of the solo stuff and some of the punches. The live room is downstairs. Oh, okay, cool. And D got a good way of like getting us all to be able to do that. You know, we just we're in the drum room and we have these amenities. I love these. You know, these uh, monitor station things. But uh, yeah, these are the real deal, the Behringers. But you know, this is where the this is where the solos took place. So of course, this is where I lived and died. 
20 times. <laughs> a million deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so you did the drums, bass, and guitar live yeah. here in mm-hmm. Oahu, on the island of Oahu on the east side. And then what about the horns? Yeah, so then, then it was the fun part. I got to hit up my friends in New York to come and do some stuff. So I got my boy Isaac Mills on the saxes and the woodwinds on in the bridge, which is, he sort of made that part way more beautifuler than, you know, that's the beautiful part about all this, right? So yeah. Isaac did the winds and then Chris Ott on the brass. Yes. And uh, he, he gave me a real deluxe Chris Ott package, you know, complete. He gave me a bunch of cool animal calls. Uh, and they're not on this take. They'll be on the Barnyard remix, but he did like a crow call and a duck call, and he made music with those shits, cat call. Yeah. So for now, before the Barnyard remix, I'm going to, we put it through an aggressive synth, one of those Earthquaker disruptor. We put the animal calls through there, and it's on part two as some white noise under the clean guitar part. Beautiful. So Chris Ott is featured on both parts as Try Smoke This, but... <laughs> The second part is not as dignified. And is that, who's on bass, Alika? That's my boy, Will Tofolo. Will? Who, yeah. And drums is Eli. He's Eli, Eli Oguma. Say his last name? Oguma. That's a cool word, Ogu. Oguma. Ma. Yeah. He's and he's, yeah, and he's your homie from way back. Yep, yep. Same scene with, with Dimitri, like. Oh, and... So you were saying, I think, that the whole project, this whole current project, Alika Lyman, colon, good news, exclamation point, which is the name of this series of this project of works that you have coming out. This track was the, the birthing, the, the seed, the kernel that has planted this whole garden that you've, you're coming out with a whole garden of music, right? Yep. It was me getting cheeky at a jam session. Um kind of early in the pandemic and I was got together with some friends and the bass player kind of had sorry he, yeah he kind of had the fear <laughs> yeah and I start getting cheeky if if <laughs> rhythm player has the fear yeah yeah so I started getting cheeky and and man it birthed it birthed both both parts of try smoke this mm-hmm. but the I mean the the thing is I was doing this shit over an A shuffle blues just so you guys know <laughs> that's how it's that's where the cheeky part comes in it you know? started just a blues? I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, this guy's going to do a shuffle blues. I was like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. That rhythm. Yeah, or from the track that was on there. It's kind of like, sort of like thinking about like Jay Dilla, but like not going all the way there. Wayne Krantz, too. Yeah. Tim LaFave. Tim. I hear some like lettuce, like soul, like funk, like hard. Da- I said club to you in the car, but like because it, it, it's still grooving hip hop based, yes. kind of right. Um, and so, so you were at a jam session. You got that rhythm, that part over at a shuffle, and then did you go home and like chart it out, or did you just kind of evolve it as jamming with the crew? And then you were like, came into the studio and like, let's do. Try smoke this, man. When when I was like when I felt like I was onto something, I I just turned my phone camera on and just put it down so it was black, you know. So it was just record. I didn't have a recording app, a 
long story with that, I had a phone with only four usable gigs of RAM, so I do things a little different on the phone, even though... <laughs> you got your own style I, iPhone tracking? It's like, yeah, well, get Lyft, it's cheaper. It's like, well, I can only have one rideshare app, though I have four gigs of usable memory. <laughs> Fuck, what are we talking about again? So... <laughs> get one app dude that sounds that's stressing me out from over <laughs> here dude holy shit um we were talking about how you record with the, oh yeah you use the video camera face down face to down track the fun. idea so you're at the gym you're vibing out this poor bass player and if you're listening to this poor bass player at least is a, you know he's a gentle man you know what i mean he's not coming for you <laughs> You're vibing out this cat, and you were just like, oh, wait, this is actually a good idea. So you're vibing him out twice as hard now by recording you playing over his blues. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I mean, uh, bass player is one of my best friends in the world, but he was, yeah, I was vibing him out, you know. I got it now. Okay. And so you got the idea, and did you, like, chart this out? How do you, like, Man. how do you even conceive of this track? Like, uh, you know, because... How the fuck did you, how did, it's, it's so many grooves and like, I don't, you know, I'm always curious how people like write and compose and come up with the stuff. That's a really good question, man, because it took, man, I called these rehearsals the early ones, the diarrhea sessions, man, because it's for real, man. It's just like, we're trying to just get it all together. It's just like uh, pure consciousness mm -hmm. that needs to come out now. Mm -hmm. And through time, we can start left braining it, you know? And and but the but the consciousness shit got to come out right away. And then when we when we have it, then we have all the time in the world to get analytical about it. So yeah, it took a little bit of time. The idea was in the phone. I didn't know what I was gonna do with it. I was shopping it to different drummers. Then boom, the turnaround part comes. Man, for a while, like I knew I had a groove, but I did not know what the hell I was gonna do with that. It took a while, man. It's a really good question because it took forever. And the bridge happened, and even then, it's like, what do I do? So we ended up through through a lot of rehearsals, a lot of rehearsals to figure out this weird shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot more than something more straight. Because, like, yeah, it's weird, but it has to make sense, you know? So, yeah, a lot of, lot of different permutations before we got on what we settled. Yeah, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like, here's a chart of some shit I wrote. It feels like the band naturally found these little paths and like well, the groove goes here maybe and then we go to the you know what i mean like yep. it didn't feel like did you did you actually give your horn boys like charts no 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 just like hey you're like here's you the hear, track if you hear something just do it mm -hmm. uh, and i did that with both the horn players so they probably won't know there's another horn player on the track till they listen to this podcast <laughs> Because it hasn't been released yet, you know? Yeah, it's pre-released, that's yeah. right. World premiere. But that's like, man, it, it goes back to like kind of the moral of the story is with that one song is just like that getting together with friends and building music from the ground up is how we started and mm -hmm. in, 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 for a lot of us in the garage and shit. But it's yeah. also the damn truth. It's the golden truth, you know? And um, I ventured so far away from that and then I, I'm back now. I'm back in the garage having sessions with my friends. I'm 33 now. Yeah, yeah. But it's the it's the realest shit there is after after kind of what I've gone through, you know, and done. Not gone through like I'm I'm a beaten dog, but maybe a little bit. But 
what I gone through. Yeah. But what I've experienced, you know, it's like, man, that was the realest shit. It's like I lived a McCartney lyric, you know, the long and winding road leads to your door. And mm -hmm. that makes more sense now than it ever did, you know? <laughs> yes. No, I 100% know. Because I'm back in the garage, Paul. That's where you want to be. Yeah. That's what got you probably in love in the first place. Like, you were like, I want to do this the rest of my life. So I, would, I have this bag of knowledge that I've accumulated between doing the garage then and now. And it's just been such a joy to really do this like how we used to when we were kids, but with knowing harmonies, rhythms, meters. Now we, now I can say what I, you know, maybe like how my little daughter, like you can tell she wants to talk because this energy is in her, but it can't get out. Like now I can because I learned some stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I can talk. And you go back to this, and you, well, I have so many thoughts on this, but this, Dude, the COVID thing, and you're alone, and there are people who can create with a computer alone, right? And like, I, likewise, I can't, I don't know, there's no mode, there's no energy, there's no juice, there's no golden truth, as you said there. I can make tracks, but I'm like, this is lame. So it's cool that you found, in COVID, you were like, let's get together as humans. And that energy that happens when... You and your homie, you've been, and Will and Eli, you've been playing with them for years, right? Yeah, um, actually, the other bass player is my, my boy Juve, the one, the one you saw at Teddy's, uh, at the Teddy's gig. Yep. I, I came up with Juve and Eli, we kind of came up when we were teenagers, and Juve was a big part of the sessions, and he'll probably get a producer credit when the, when the stuff comes out, but uh, that guy has the ear, We've listened to the same records for years. Yeah. He's been my consultant in this, you know, because, and, and I'm showing him bass now and I want him to be a part of the project and he's getting bloody and bruised and learning his parts and he's hanging in there, man. Dude, but, he sounded great. He did. He sounded great. And what Alik is alluding to is you have a weekly gig on the North Shore in Haliva at a burger joint called Teddy's. Yep. And you said, and I quote, one week it's Boto Jazz and the other week, what did you say? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember being like, what? The leak is just confusing me, but cool. <laughs> Boto Jazz. I think I said dirt, dirt Bag Jazz. Dirt Bag Jazz. Right? Because that's what it is, right? It's built on circular forms. Yeah. Dirt Bag Jazz. Is that the project I saw? Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. the good news is Dirt Bag Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Something... What's the other week you do at Teddy's? Uh, that's with Brother Sean and, and Dawson, and we do a lot of cover tunes and some of Sean's originals. It's a little closer to how a, how a restaurant or bar gig should go in Hawaii. <laughs> it's what you should play in a place that serves fried potatoes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the traditional covers. But even Sean has a great list, and he's not... Like, we don't play Sunday Morning or Valerie unless somebody puts a 20 in the jar. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I still re I enjoy playing with Sean because it's we're going to play some stuff. Because he, he's only playing tunes that has a vibe with him, which is my favorite thing, you know? Uh, sometimes people do gigs and they're only playing what they can play, right? Yeah. They're not making a list of shit that they've every song they vibed with in some way. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be a home run when you do it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, everybody's, yeah, it's just picking what, whatever's a vibe. The list is going to be different from person to person. But And is are you on bass? I was, but I'm doing guitar now. We're having Juve come and understudy for them, too. 
Yeah. You know? Really get him get him out now of the he's, mix. N- now he's, yeah, now you're throwing him in the wild. You're just like, all right, uh, we're going to call tunes on stage that you don't know. That's, um, wow, dude. How long has you been playing bass? A year. A year? A but, year. But he's like a deep music head. Man, that's the funniest part, man. That guy will listen to music as deep as anyone else. Yeah. yeah. And man, yeah, I was just like, it's just a joy. You know, I would, if I were coming up and somebody did that for me, it would be amazing, you know, because it was not that easy when I was coming up. Yeah. You know? And then there was like hardly any internet vibes. So you have to just like find the one in your village who knows the most. And then you listen to everything they say. You yeah. Know? Well, keep speaking to that. How yeah. the hell, how, how did you fall into Alan Holdsworth tunes and fucking... Holy shit, Paul. Like, when, I, when I moved to New York, I was 100% invested in bass. Mm-hmm. And then these guitar players, man, they, they pulled me back, man. The guys in New York, the way they play guitar. I had no choice but to start playing guitar again. <laughs> in your heart. You listen to your heart. And I would go, man, and I'd leave the house to go see people play some fucking guitar man you know what i mean yeah uh krantz ben yunson uh, i loved i mean peter bernstein all the time i have more names in my mind but they're getting lost but, these are pretty heavy new york guitar players yes osnoy of course hey, man there's a thing though i tried so many times to see him <laughs> and and i and he was never at the bitter end when I tried to go, even though it said online. And, you know, you don't go to New York and be like, well, the website's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, what the hell? He's either here or he's not. I tried calling because, you know, I'm suburban, so I tried a little bit of it, you know? I was mm-hmm. like, hey, is Osnoy going to be there? It's like, yeah. And then he's not there. Oh, dude. Anton Fig, The heavies? So, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me you didn't... Three years in New York-ish? Four. Four. I, I paid rent all through 2020, so that's my fourth year, man. <laughs> hey, if... <laughs> I think it counts. Count it, yes. I, I paid rent from, from March 2020 to February 2021, so I'm counting it as my fourth year, man. I was there for three months altogether, though, so yeah. It's more like three years. But I was going to see a lot of guys... Slam some guitar, man. Ron Afif. I love hearing him play. Oh, yeah. Different styles. Um, Mark. Fuck. Used to do Mondays at the Groove, man. Okay. Mondays at the Groove. He plays a damn guitar like a like a keyboard. You're not missing keys. And on a on a backbeat pop gig to not miss the keys, it's a big deal, man. Yeah. He's that guy, a- he deserves his whole name to get said, and I can't think of it right now man it's okay dude wait wait okay so where did you actually grow up here in hawaii in excuse me if i mispronounce it mililani 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 Mililani. in this town Uh uh-huh and you just called it the suburbs the total burbs is it the burbs it's like the first burbs it's the no it's not the first 1986 all america city (laughs) 1986 all america city is mililani yep and so for people who don't know, that's directly kind of in the center of Oahu. Yep. On some spent agriculture fields. Some spent agriculture fields. So you grew up there, and Eli told me a little story about you that he met you 
in Chinatown at a metal show, you were wearing a kilt doing high kicks with no underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> Playing metal. Hey, it's the golden truth, man. <laughs> so, did you pick up guitar, let's take a guess, seventh or eighth grade? Seventh. Seventh? I, I got one in sixth. Because my dad noticed that I was getting obsessed with just listening to Beatles songs. Oh, you had a Beatles phase first. Huge, dude. From from like from my earliest memories to to seventh grade. Really? When okay. I started venturing out. Yeah. Or the oldies station. But my pops was just noticing the love and then he got me a guitar to supplement that, you know. Acoustic or electric? Uh acoustic. It was a it was a honer classical pawn shop special, baby. Perfect. Perfect. Seventh grade. Sixth grade, I got the guitar. I learned E A and D and I stopped, man. And then my birthday in seventh grade, my dad got me the chord book with the picture chords for ah. Beatles. Beatles chord book. That was it, man. Practiced every day. I just made 20 years. 20 yeah. years practicing every day. 2001 to 2021. Man, every day. Play every day. Every Well, see, now you're into your good phase. I say it takes 20 years to learn. <laughs> and then you've got 20 years of mediocrity. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. I feel like I'm, I'm there, just man. getting there. Yeah, I'm there, man. So, dude, you know what I was thinking about this, Alika, is like, how the fuck did you tune your guitar? Now we, all these kids coming up have snarks and shit, and I can't even live without one. I'm, I look back and remember going the fifth rap, right? Remember that shit? Is that the method you did, the fifth rap? Of course. Yeah. Of course. And it's like, there's still wonder there because your E got to be tuned, right? <laughs> yeah. So how do you get the first pitch? What song did you use? Day Tripper. <laughs> Perfect open E right at the Perfect beginning. That's good. Did you have all the Beatles shit on tape or CD or Yeah, yeah. Um my my pops had the vinyls and they got all wore out. Then we had the cassettes, but then when it was when I started getting into it, he started buying me the CDs one by one. Oh, the the white album I had to come into age with, which I'm real grateful my pops did it that way. You know, you don't just throw a kid into the white album. No, they won't get it. Yeah, I mean, and when you think about how disjointed the Beatles were at that phase, it kind of actually takes some of the sh the magic away, you know, mm -hmm. to realize a lot of them, they were just in the studio by themselves. Yeah. But, but I, I freaking love that record, man. Of course. So you got the chord book. Beatles songs, doing it by ear, right? You're listening and you're trying to line it up and you're like, <laughs> I remember that era of my guitar playing too and I had a guy who was like, it's all about finger strength, man. And I was just like, whatever, man, I could do. And then when, <laughs> then when your fingers get a little bit stronger, you're like, oh, you know when you can start to connect like chords and it actually sounds like music and other people are like, oh, you're playing music now. Did you have like that? Kind of moment where you're like, oh shit, I'm doing it. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. It's yeah. magic. The minute you can slam an E minor without looking, <laughs> slam a fucking C. It's beauty. Man. Yeah. This shit gets taken for granted now, man. Cause like you talk about the tuning, but that just opens up a whole different it opens up a whole world of this thing where it was like it was so freaking difficult. Um and you overcome these hurdles. They strengthen every year your knowledge. Yeah. I, when I was teaching at a studio, I, I don't think I ever got it together on how to teach tuning, you know, besides using a tuner. 
Because even using a tuner, you got to know the musical alphabet. Are you going to end up tightening it till it breaks? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's crazy thinking about tuning. I'm actually getting a headache right now, like thinking about teaching tuning, you know? T teaching tuning, I know. And it's so easy now. I remember just always being frustrated by never being in tune, which I think is why I always did just power chords and still just fucking do power chords. Like, because if I could get the two lower strings, I was doing like Green Day, Weezer, Nirvana, and I was like, it's, who needs these other strings? Exactly. And then remember the band. The presidents of the United States of America. They just took the other strings away, dude. I was like, <laughs> this is my kind of band. Bass with two strings? Who needs this shit? Man, I so after the Beatles, I got into all the guys you mentioned. Man. And same thing with the is power that like chords. Eighth and ninth grade? That was uh, seventh grade still. So, oh, you, you progress fast. Things yeah, move yeah. quick, yeah. Did you now is this when you got in the garage with some homies? When did that kind of first? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Blink 182 Green Day songs. Did you have to convince a buddy to play bass? Did you do oh, that game? Oh, man. You know, yeah, of course. Well, actually, yeah, bass player had his brother's stuff. But it was like, yeah, my brother has a bass, so I, I think I can play it. And then the drummer was borrowing a kit from school. You just try to make it. Drummers were the hardest ones to lock down, right? Yeah, Go they're ahead. the worst. Well, because their parents have to be cool. That's true. That's like the thing, right? Because they have to be okay with their kids smashing and sucking for years. true. Yeah. So you God had, bless them. Yes, God bless the parents of drummers in middle school. Yeah. So you had a jam, you got a trio together? Did you have a singer? Were you singing? Yeah, me and the bass player were switching off, you know? Yeah. I still have such bad memories about singing, man. But anyway, you know, got to make it happen, right? Got to make the music happen at all costs. Of course, exactly. And when did the metal then find you, bro? My teacher showed me Yngwie Momstein, and, and I've been ruined ever since. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um... But man, what was it, man? I was started, yeah, he showed me that. But before that, I found my uncle's uh, Van Halen 1 and heard Eruption really early and almost just stopped altogether, you know? Oh my God. But dude. Van Halen 1, super early. I dusted off a turntable from the attic. Because, you know, remember being bored? Yes. Beautiful stuff, man. Yes. Kids, if you have an opportunity to be bored, you should do that, man. Yeah. Because it'll make you go up to an attic, dust off a record player, put in a record because it has a cool cover. <laughs> and that was Van Halen 1? It was Van Halen 1. What and, a fucking cool uncle, bro. Yeah, and, and back in black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through, the, through the little speakers, the trebly, like, and it was just the, the shit. Oh, so dude. That must have been, dude. And so that was... A quick veer off uh, Pop Song Lane into the metal. Yeah. It started, then the teacher showed me Ingve. And then I started seeking out, like, because you know what it was, that, that type of soloing I wasn't hip to, you know? And to hear it felt so good. Yeah. Then yeah. I just started looking for any opportunity to hear, like, that fast, like, distorted, like... The shred sound. None of it ever sounded as good as Eddie Van Halen did, though. I know. It's proprietary almost, man. Shark mm -hmm. Tank would have loved Van Halen, man. Their pulse was proprietary. The guitar sound was proprietary. They could have patented all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you speak the truth. <laughs> How's that swing on the Van Halen records? Total proprietary, man. No, and you hear the isolated Eddie tracks. You're like, this dude is swinging his balls off. Like, as hard as any... As Mark Whitfield, you know what I mean? <laughs> like swinging. 
Um, wait, Mark so- Bowers. Mark Bowers was the guitar player's name. Thank oh, you. Because he- there's Marks in the village that are scary. There's a couple Mark Marks. Mark Whitfield and Mark Bowers, man, on a fucking strat. You won't miss you won't miss the keys if you hear Mark Bowers play guitar on a covers gig. He's a fucking disgusting guitar player. You're bro. hip. Yeah, I've yeah. heard him play. And you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's like, Mark Whitfield is a known entity. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I had his record, I had a CD of his in high school or something. You know what I mean? And I still see him at the Blue Note drinking whiskey with his glasses, and then he'll get on stage and fucking just annihilate the band. I'm like, what the shit? My favorite part of New York is seeing the guys who are sort of from there. Yeah. And find out how many how many of them like sorry. Mark Woodfield was their hero, man. Yeah, he's a lot of a lot of my friend guitar player friends in New York, you know, like you. Yeah. What 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 was it about it? Let me run the podcast for a little bit. I'm driving now. Like, what was it about Mark Whitfield that really turned you on for the first time? Oh well, dude. First of all, he was super young. He was one of the lions on the '90s. Yeah, he was kind of like he was probably behind the marketing machine before Soul Live of Blue Note, right? I don't know what label he's on, but I remember it like got whatever pushed in a guitar magazine or something and then we got the record and i was like what the f is this going down the jazz path the jazz hole where you leave metal yeah and you start to veer into the jazz hole yeah and you're also predictable yeah (laughs) everybody's saying i'm just a guitar world magazine with eyes and a mouth man (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's so true but i only recently rediscovered mark and he's, I will say, one of the few guitar players on Instagram that I will watch his goddamn Instagram Same. solos. Same. He always sounds. He always sounds good, dude. Even just he's just playing chords. And I'm like, wow, he, he's special, man. How's these village trained guys, man? It's like a rag. You can never wring out all the water, man. And actually, you think you're done, and then more water comes out <laughs> when you when the rag is already tight. You know? <laughs> yes. That's my impression of. Fucking New York trained soloists, man. I think you're right. Yeah. You will never be able to wring out all the water, man. No, you're totally right. Because you can, I've heard him play so many times and he's playing different shit. And I'm always like, God damn, he's got that too. All right. Pretty good, Mark. I love it when you think people are maxed out and then they go another 10, you know? Yeah. Well, I see I max out after like one or two minutes. So <laughs> hey, one if, two if you're hot, one if you're not, man. <laughs> So, you're, this guitar teacher, is he based in Milani? Man. Or did you... My first, the Ingve one? Yeah. He, was, he disappeared, and he ended up getting a doctorate from NYU, and he's a conductor now. What? Yeah. Is yeah. he a native Hawaiian, or is he a transplant? Uh, man, I'm not sure, but everybody knows him from, from working the circuit, you know? But yeah, Roland Davis via NYU nowadays. Um, and he's a classical music conductor. He conducts, and he's one of those heavy conductors, you know, the ones who only conduct. Like he's... Bro, those are white glove musicians. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. you don't, we don't <laughs> fuck with those guys. Yeah. They're, they got, he's got ears the size of, he could probably hear 13 things at the same time or some shit, right? Probably, like He must man. have been a freak, dude, yeah. There's something about the love, too, like, because he... I was just playing Blink-182 badly, and he came to me, you know, mm-hmm. and showed me how to palm mute. 
Ah. And then when I got my first lesson, he's like, okay, fuck the Blink-182 stuff. Listen to this. As like, you can tell the love, you know, of music. He's like, he, he wants to show you the deepest, heaviest stuff. And if that was happening 20 years ago, it would only make sense, right, that he ended up just getting deeper and deeper. I mean, I love, I probably got heavy into classical because of him, just from following the love, you know? Uh-huh. Because I didn't know what he was about till later after I found him on Facebook, you know? Wow. Yeah, you were just, you were a young, young guy. You were a teen. Some people, some teens aren't really receptive to that. You know, I try to pay forward, you know? Yeah. Dude, my first real guitar lesson, sans like the folky chord thing, he played my, this guy, heavy dude in my tiny little shitty town where I graduated with 80 kids. We had one stoplight, like literal farm country, right? And he played the man me, in your village. I had to drive to him, but he, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> he played me Benson, Wes, Pat Martino, Jim Hall, which to my ears oh. at that time, I just wanted to learn blues. I wanted to learn how to solo like blues soloing, right? Like Steve Ray Vaughan or something. You know what I mean? I was like, I, I knew that they were doing something I couldn't figure out. Wow, we're getting so guitar. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. <laughs> and... And that lesson just still, st and I think that's why I still am trying trying to chase jazz licks, just from that where I was just I didn't I thought it was like garbage music, but I'm still I I I didn't major in jazz, which is also I always say that to the jazz kids. I'm like, see, I didn't get burned out on this. I still think <laughs> I still think jazz is cool. <laughs> man, same here, man. I totally know what you're talking about because I I had a snapback reaction when I moved to New York, man. About that, you know? Yeah. Really early too. I'd say almost a year in. I was like, you know what, man? I'm I'm out. Actually, I'm not. I wanna. I'm gonna hang out at Groove because I, I had been going to Groove early on too. Because this trumpeter out here in Hawaii, Mike Lewis, he's been out there. I'm actually doing a gig with him tonight. But um, Mike's like, and check out Groove, man. He's like, there's really good music there. It's not jazz, but you should go. I was like, okay. I was like, you know what, this is this is the truth. And then Jim Cobb showed me Wayne Krantz, and so much of this is because of that, man. He held a he held a spot for me in line at 55 bar. Yeah. And we sat right in front. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. And Jim showed me Mike Campolongo. With, oh, with um, Jim, Jim Campolongo. Jim, sorry, fuck. With um Jim and um uh uh oh, man, God. I fucking suck, dude. No, dude, 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 dude. Chris Morrissey. Chris Morrissey, man. And Josh Dion again. And Thank the big goodness. Cat. The Snow yeah. Leopard. The Snow Leopard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I call Kenny the Snow? It is Josh Dion, right? Yes. The big cat. Alik is giving specific cat titles to the big dog yeah, yeah, musicians yeah. in the scene. Oh, yeah, dude. Kenny the Lion and uh, Josh Dion the Snow Leopard. Snow Leopard. Oh, so did you see that Campolongo at Rockwood? Yes. That's a heavy band, that... Fuck. And and before that was, man, there was that guy who does the Monday. His name is Ryan. He plays by himself, electric guitar. Ryan Scott. Real out there. So good. Out there, but like totally awesome. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, to call him out there is the first word is not fair. But like, as, no. as far as like uh, a solo, a solo guy with an electric guitar doing vocals with a microphone. Yeah, it's out there. Yes. <laughs> Which I need to hear, you know, if you're doing a solo act with guitar. Like, yeah. just tell me he's out there. I'll go. Man. He's special, too. So you did, that's a heavy night, dude. 
Don't tell me you saw Krantz on the same night. No, no, no. But okay. the same vacation for Jim. Oh, my God. But, man, to see people fucking playing guitar, right? You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm, Ryan mm-hmm. Scott, Campolongo, Krantz. Jesus, dude. And that's just that's just the beginning, man. Yeah. Guitar players in New York, man, bless you guys, man. You guys are doing it right. You're doing something right. Some of you play too loud, but I play loud now, too, because of you guys. You got to play loud, dude. Bro, the, bro which, which guitar players that are saying something are playing soft, man? <laughs> you guys they got that old adage loud. that people should be asking you to turn up they don't do that in new york though dude i'm sure the guitar players in hawaii are playing loud bro uh yeah oh. no you know why because we're all using quilters so like there's no way we're playing louder what is the deal with the quilter dude i oh, saw man. this it's yeah. a good amp yeah that's the one thing man it, you like it because you can carry it in one hand I like it because it's a solid state that breaks up like a tube. Oh. Pretty fucking close. Yeah. Pretty close. And uh, yeah, so it's not a weight thing for me. Ask me in my 40s or 50s. But for right now, it's just, it's, man, you know when you own a tube amp, you got to have a guy? Yes. Or you got to know how to buy it. So actually, Dimitri, who's here, he knows how to. He can fix He can buy us and retube, so I'm glad to have him, but... um. I was anti-tube amp for a long time because the maintenance. Mm. And then Quilter came along. I want to say it's like tube, but I've had it too long to say it's like tube. It's pretty fucking close, though. It's enough to gig with. All I, right. so, I turned like three or four guys in the city to, to Quilter. I, yeah, I, without I knew a, it's a brand. Without, I, endor- without an endorsement, by the way. Wow. <laughs> so Quilter, sign a Lika because you're spreading the good word. There is a lot of cats in Hawaii play it because it's no maintenance is what you're saying. It just, oh. we plug it in, the shit works. Uh, Quilter is at Punahou School, Pat Quilter. So I think the Quilter thing actually started from here, you know. Oh. And for us, it's like, okay. for me, it's like, oh, the dude who did QSC, the strongest solid state technology there is, sells that company and starts Quilter Amps. It's going to be the most dependable solid state shit there is. Oh, shit. And it breaks up like a tube. Sign me up. I got two of them. Oh. I have a base amp too. I got three quilters. You sold me on the QSC part. That's all you had to say, bro. There should I didn't believe their shit for a long time, but it's amazing. It's worth the extra few hundred dollars for the blue light, as my friend said. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see that stupid blue light. <laughs> Super dependable. Yeah, because the one problem with solid state is if it goes, it's a doorstop, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yep. So there's the two sides. Tube amps need more maintenance, but you can fix them, and then, yeah. So it's like quilts are, it's still a little compromised, but they're doing it the best, man. Do you remember Tech 21? Yes. I have the fly rig. Ah, there you go. They do Sans amp, huh? Yeah, and they do, some people were doing that. I thought that was going to, is that the, that's kind of what the quilter is like? (laughs) Oh, man, well, as far as, like, going direct? Yeah. Well, Tech Twenty One made those little tube amps. Made amps that were solid state that got close to tube. That was this is back in the day. Were they kind of tweedy looking? They were black. They were a little modern looking. I never seen those, man. But yeah, what they, see, they, they sound like on. tube. They were probably heavy too. And everything was heavy back in the day. Yeah, they're still heavy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we geared out. So <laughs> <laughs> we're surrounded by pedals. Man. I know. No, this is a gear zone. Wait, all right, so you had a teacher, he became a conductor, he led your heart to classical. At this point in time, you love music so much, you went and studied classical guitar at the community college here on Oahu? Yeah, it, it went it went uh, metal, jazz, and then classical. 
But, oh, uh, he, you made me, he made me love metal, the teacher, the teacher. But yep. I think, but I, I think after meeting him and, and him like hipping me to heavier stuff right away just made me more receptive to the next, the next fix, actually. I think that's what it is. Like following the love is cute Hallmark card, but what's the next fix going to be if you showed me Yngwie when I'm, when I'm 13? <laughs> of course I'm listening to John McLaughlin by the time I'm 18, you know? Yeah. But, uh, man, when I moved to Seattle, I was fully invested in jazz. I picked up upright bass, and I met a bunch of people totally invested in classical over there and started to see the glue between jazz and classical. Yeah. Or just how, like, upright bass players have to be in the classical. They're sort of forced to. If you want to practice anything with some substance, you got to read and then there's tons of etudes and stuff. You know? Yeah. Okay, wait. I feel like you just glossed over some huge parts, though. But So, <laughs> why did you move to Seattle? Why Seattle? Oh, yeah. My rock band in 08, like a lot of rock bands before us in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I think the internet is so strong, that's not even in a dodge anymore, but... You get big. You get too too big for Hawaii. Whatever that means. We weren't playing covers, but we felt like we were too big for Hawaii. And it's time to move to the mainland. Oh, I see. That whole get signed thing, man, is poison, dude. So you got signed? No, no. But you that wanted whole, that to whole get band, signed. That whole MTV band thing. But anyway, yeah, we we were we were kicking ass, and then we moved to Seattle. You guys are all like 18 or 20? Around there. Early, or between 20 and 30. Okay. Four-piece band? Five-piece band? Four-piece. Singer, you on guitar, bass, drums. Drums. What was the name of this band, Alika? So we can... It was Stoic FB. Stoic FB? FB, yeah. Okay. Man, I mean, yeah, to talk about this band nowadays with with my with my older eyes, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, we could have did a lot more while we were still on island, you know? That's why I'm having some uh, some dissonance with what it was and what it actually is, you know? You guys convinced yourself you had to move to a city on the mainland. So that some fat cat could see us play randomly and sign us. Like, I mean, that's really the... <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm just being as honest as I can. No, you know? I get it. You convinced all four of you all. You were like, we're moving to Seattle. Because there's no there's no A&R guys having drinks here. <sighs> but anyway, that plus the internet was not what it is now. Yeah. yeah. Now everybody has a soapbox and it's even more intimidating actually. Because it's like, yeah, you can step right up there and everyone can see you actually. Mm -hmm. Because if, if your stuff has a vibe, people are going to share it. Yep. It's actually more intimidating because it got easier. That is true. That is true. So, Stoic FB. Stoic FB. No, no shout out to Facebook. No, no, no. It's another, like, there's a... Oh. Is that a funny joke? You, I'm just going to say one sentence, okay? Okay. There's, there was already a band in Boston called Stoic. Ah. That's it. That's it. So but, you added the words. Were all your homies here in Mililani or just like all island kind of band? Was this with Eli too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli was on drums. He didn't make the move though. Okay. So you were like, fuck you, Eli. We're finding a, we're finding a drummer in Seattle. I know Matt Cameron lives there, so we can start with him. <laughs> First Nirvana? No. I'm, I'm shit. I'm out. Anyway. He, uh, oh, he's in Pearl Jam now. 
Yeah. I think he was the Soundgarden drummer, and now he's the Pearl Jam drummer. He's just a nasty rock drummer. Were you guys doing rock stuff? I'm yeah, assuming. We were, we were a super group from the metal scene okay. that started doing alternative. And then I started messing with the arrangements early and started learning theory around the same time. So really started getting avant-garde towards the end. Avant-garde for an alternative perspective, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That stuff never got recorded. So all we have is a record of the singer's oldest songs with some, some spice I got to do with the arrangements. But the second set was when I, the arrangements started getting weird. Like how they are now, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, even the music now is me sort of saying what I meant to say 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. With, with, with more technique. But uh, yeah, we were doing rock and um, Eli never made it. And really what happened is because, I mean, I figure we, we're going to move there. We're going to be fully invested in the band. We're going to do that thing, you know, mm -hmm. the, the golden truth. Like yeah, yeah. Building a brand. Mm -hmm. Eli never made it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to freelance because I'm here already. And and it's a, like the skyline in Seattle is so beautiful and it's just real inspiring, you know. So mm. I started I started gigging with other people real early. For what for whatever that's worth, man. I mean, we all we all went off and did really good things. Whoever was left in the band, but yeah, I started freelancing early, and things got real awesome real quick. Yeah, and is there a you? Is there a scene for that work in Seattle? I don't know. It's not the it, best. But it exists. Yeah. You were a full-time musician. You like No, kinda... no, no. That's what I mean by, yeah, it's not like... It's not like a, you had a day job. I did. I did. It was the last day job I had was uh, washing dishes at a nursing home in Ballard, Seattle. Interesting. I like the flexibility. So, like, you know, if you're trying to lose the day job... Wash dishes. Yeah, because once you become a cook, you're too important, you know? Yeah. Which is a drag, because I would have rather been a cook. Uh, your, your cooking is... Legendary, bro. Yes, we all know. We're getting to food. Hold on. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so now you're in Seattle. How did you, where did the bass come in yet in your musical journey? Because you haven't really, um, it just kind of happened in Seattle? Yeah, was that when, when you was... were like, if I start hustling gigs on a P bass, I'll get paid? That would be New York, the beginning of New York right there. Oh, was that late? Yeah, yeah, I see. Because I was leading trios. Man, I just jumped into the jazz thing. I was like, okay. The the high school, man, I got to say, I was like 21, 22. The high school players in there are fucking serious, man. They win competitions nationwide. In Seattle, you In say. Seattle. On guitar. It's, uh, any instrument. Yeah. Super heavy. Oh, me on guitar, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Seattle, you're saying the other Seattle local cats are just heavy, and you were like, oh, Heavy. Shit. Even the high school kids fucking wipe the floor with you, man. I got yeah. owned, man. Anyway, I was putting trios together with the high school kids, and I met one. I was doing sessions, and then he introduced me to all his friends, and they were all good. Yeah. And then I started, when I, I started getting my shit together, started hiring other guys. And, man, I got to say, like, you just starting to do a trio, building the building music from the ground up, music at all costs, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to lead a trio. I'm going to learn tunes. I'm not reading on the gig, by the way. I yeah. never read those real book charts on the gig, man. But anyway, you know, I'm going to memorize the tunes. I'm going to do a gig. And then I noticed that the bass players are just having way more fun than me, man, the upright guys. <laughs> it's like, and I was a completely dried out, wrung out rag. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and And the bass players in Seattle are really remarkable man they yeah. got a thing going on over there man 
So yeah, my uh, my ensemble teacher in Seattle. I was doing a private ensemble class, and um, we got close, and he gave me a bass, and that started my journey. The big doghouse first. Big doghouse first. Yeah, that, what and it the came fuck? from just a straight like, just a love for like this groove machine that is the upright. Mm. You got the thump. You got the beauty. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know the old bass player joke, right? The first lesson you learn the E string, second lesson you learn the A string. You can't make the third lesson because you have a gig. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds like that happened to you, bro. It did happen. <laughs> I'm so grateful for it. I was like, holy shit! I think this bass thing is gonna work out. Yeah, I'm just gonna be the bass player I wanted. I wanted to have as a guitar player. Yeah, just a, just a down ass. Try to be as a down ass mofo as I can be. You yeah, know? yeah. Whatever. If I accepted the gig. Then I'm gonna be super down for it, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, dude, it's been a whole nother like humbling journey to try and nail the nail the groove, man. And it deepens every year. Every time you think you got there, it just it doubles again, you know. <clears throat> the depth doubles, and that's just—I mean, it's beautiful. <clears throat> but <clears throat> bass has been the most zen thing I've done, you know, studied. In, yeah. Are you still doing the upright thing here? Or yeah, every yeah, and day it's still, or like how? Um, oh, it depends on the gig for the week. Cause like I just like how do you balance doubling, especially when you consider upright its own instrument, you know? Yeah, so you're tripling, right? It, yeah, I mean if if yeah, without you know, without trying to blow it up too big, yeah. I mean it feels like I'm tripling upright, electric bass, and then even lumping all the guitars together, I'll do it for the sake of this, you know? Mm-hmm. But if if you know the the nylon and the electric fuck jazz and and el- strat playing like two different things yeah but anyway yeah so how do i you know how do i manage my time doubling effectively when all of them deserve 100% of my time it's yeah. just like what needs to be watered today mm-hmm. and that one gets watered for the day you know yeah real deep too like all day one instrument it's good though, man. Breaks are so good when it's too when you're too tunnel vision shit gets all screwed up anyway. This is kind of a cool artificial way to make sure I get a break on my axe and and the love is equal. Because mm-hmm. I, I had I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of guilt as a guitar player playing bass, you know, like and getting work. You're nodding because you know, right? You know what I'm talking I, about. I it's like know. I can't believe I'm this guitar player masquerading as a bassist, and it's not. I swear it's not because I'm just trying to make dough, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work, you know. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to play some fucking rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I was in New York, nobody knew I played guitar. <laughs> I know. Because and I'm so like, I was like, "Have you heard fucking Alika play guitar?" And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck? Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. Because that, that was Rosario. He's like, "Yo, Alika just is way better guitar player than I am." And I was like, "That doesn't surprise." <laughs> Like, then he rips me. Yeah, okay, good, yeah. You were low-key playing guitar. It's just the investment. It's like, I'm invested in bass. You're not getting a guitar player who's playing bass. You're getting a bass player. Like, I just there's just a lot behind it. Like, Because when sometimes guitar players, they're not really good bass players. It's true. No, dude, Alika, I, I understand this. The story I always tell is that I was a guitar player, and then in, like, ninth grade, the bass player in my band didn't want to do quote unquote academic or the the gigs for the school where you had to read. So my band director was like, look, it will help your guitar play. I was like, all right, whatever. 
<laughs> and then when I was 18, dude, I look back, I probably made whatever the numbers were. I made like $1,000 playing bass and I made like $50 playing guitar. And I really, I had a heart to heart with myself. I was like, wait a sec, if I want to do this for a living, should I play bass? But I put that away for like four years in college. And then as soon as you get out, and as soon, I always say, dude, I'm seventh call bass player in New York City. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they go down the list, <laughs> they get to me. But yes, it's, it's like a different part of your ego. It feels like deeper with the music. I always say it's like higher order thinking too. Like I have to know the whole song, not just this part at the bridge. Canadian, it's like, man. yeah, you got to know what fuck does the bridge start on the four chord or the five chord, motherfucker. You got to remember that. It's so for real, dude. Yeah, it's, it's like a deeper thinking. I, they, and I do think they're all, you know, symbiotic and help each other. And I'm, I've moved the bass. It, it kind of comes and goes in my life. Like, it's like all of a sudden I'm doing all this bass shit, and then you're like, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you, you can get real hot and heavy with the bass? Like, real, real in it, huh? Get really into it. Because it. there's like, it's a never-ending ja dragon chase of like, how good can I make this one part sound over and over and over again? There's something so zen about it, right? Like you said. The most zen. The most zen yeah. thing I've done in my life. Yeah. Um, and to, you're not the archer anymore. You're the whole damn castle wall. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. you're not even human anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, we actually, we need you to be the whole castle wall. Can you do that? Yeah, it's a deeper thing. You have bigger control of the band. It's powerful, dude. And with great power comes great, great responsibility. Great responsibility. Nobody dude. wants a rogue bass player, right? No, dude. No. Or maybe they do. I do. I tell cats when I do the good news stuff to play like you want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to do it? Who's going to get me to say the safe word? <laughs> Avocado. Avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell Juve? He's like, what the fuck is Aliki talking to me about right now? He wasn't even fired? <laughs> well, he played so straight down the pocket that it sounded good. Definitely with keys players, like, seriously, just get your mitts and just bash on them, please, you know? Oh, I'm dude. trying to feel something now. Oh, um, dude, keys versus guitar, though, that's a whole different thing, dude. Yeah. I'm like, please don't play 10-note chords. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot I of pleases. Yeah. There's a lot of begging with the... Yeah, yeah. What are they in the whole castle thing, huh? Hmm. The queen, the royal telling everybody court what of to the do. August. Yeah, They're yeah, yeah. trying to fucking <laughs> run you around. You're like, dude, shut up. This is my gig. <laughs> Some, not all. Some, not all. Oh, Man, anyway, um, so you coolest... had a love affair with bass. You spent maybe seven-ish years in Seattle. Three. Oh, we, okay. In my mind, it's way longer. My timeline is a little off for you. It was, though, uh, yeah, it was some spurts, man. But the just to tie up the bass thing, though. The coolest, the part I will tell the youngins about doing what I do eventually. Mm -hmm. I have a kid, so I'm starting to already think old already. But uh, no, no, no. The one thing I say is, if you play bass and you're a guitar player, you're gonna finally get to play under a shitload of guitar players and really make a synthesis on what it is, you know, mm -hmm. to play to play guitar in an ensemble. And the more styles you play, the more data you get. Yes. That might be the single most, the single bi biggest reason why I enjoy playing guitar so much. Like, I have a synthesis of, you know, I, I have this synthesis, and then I sprinkle my bullshit on top, 
and and it's and there's a lot of research there and data, you know. Yeah, it's the most beautiful part about playing bass and guitar, and and taking bass seriously enough to get hired by a bunch of guitar players. Yeah, no, it, that's a heavy thing. It might be the biggest asset for my guitar playing. Yeah. Especially when you play with guys like Dan Muniz, which is one of the guys I forgot to mention in my list of guitar players. He's my biggest hero. He's a freak, right? There's something about him, man. When he got the gig with Kennedy, it all it all made sense, you know? Dude, Dan Muniz is got it. Dude, because I don't even know. There's mad New Yorkers who don't even know who the fuck he is. Yeah. And another another Groove guy, by the way, right? Monday at Groove was Mark Bowers, and Wednesday at Groove with Dan Muniz. And... Other guys too, but those were my guys, you know. Dan Muniz is scary fucking good, bro. He's scary good. I've been thinking about him lately. Like I asked him, <laughs> he didn't reveal me any tricks to me too. I'm like, so Dan, like, you know, what do you like? Who are you listening? What are you thinking about? And he's like, oh, I'm just, you know, just trying to. I'm like, man, don't give me that bullshit. Like, come on. Like, he's a freak, dude. I think he's a freak. He's a freak, right? Like. You're a freak guitar player, and you're calling a, a freak knows a freak, you know? Freak knows a freak. Yeah, like, you're like, what the? He's, he's he, always doing, sorry, go, you go. No, you go. no. He We're can, both guitar players here. He could just, he can just play nice funk and then play a ridiculous jazz solo, and you're like, wow. That's, yeah. you, most guys can't separate that. Stuff. Oh, Yeah. Man, and yeah, you know what that is? Like I was gonna I was gonna supplement that by just saying one name, man, Larry Carlton, right? The guy who can marry who's just playing guitar yeah. anytime. Yep. And it's like it's it's clean, it's dirty, it's jazz, it's rock, it's yeah. right down the middle. It's it's the perfect guitar playing. And he is pretty perfect. That clean overdrive works on everything, you know? <laughs> Mr. Three thirty five. He is your big influence. That kind of you. You're in my mind, even though you played a Strat and a SG at the gig. You're like yeah. a. You are a 335. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, yeah, it would yeah. be. That's like where I'm coming from. And I was doing the alternative band with a 335 and getting mad controlled feedback. I can get such good harmonics with a fucking 335, man. I love that. I love controlled feedback, man. No compression pedal though. None. Well, does that help? Oh, you know why, man? I started using an orange squeezer this year. And, I couldn't believe it wasn't on your board, dude. Yeah, I have one on the little board, but I took it off. Because, man, I mean, I got I to gotta learn how to turn it off and on. I think that's the trick. That's what bass players do, too. With the, yeah. Because there's, man, I need some certain peaks and shit. I don't know. The orange squeezer is amazing for spicing up a lead, man. But I, the blue boss also does. That's a fucking great pedal, too. I got to own one. Fuck, I'm going to buy another pedal. I have I, to own the blue boss, man. I, I was, it's probably, we could, Dimitri. There it is right there. Dimitri <laughs> loves compressors, <laughs> by the right way. There. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. I uh, I fell in love with the orange squeeze because it's, um, it's what Jay Graydon used on the Peg guitar solo, which is another guitar player who's clean, dirty, jazz, rock, right down the middle. Jay Graydon. Did you, you did you get the JHS one? Yeah. Wow, I'm sorry to, dear Secret Face you, I'm sorry for the gear. Okay. This is actually brought to you by JHS Pedals. <laughs> here's here's a question. All right, I'm going to switch gears. I'm changing it up. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to end up talking about pedals again this one. It's it, we're we're eventually going to get back to guitar pedals. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lika, tell me about these are ho these are Hawaii questions from a mainland Holly boy like let's myself. do it. Tell me about the characteristics. I'm curious as you Hawaiian. Tell me about each island. They each have their own 
flavor. Ah, I'm not a good ambassador for this. No, you absolutely are. No, I, cu- I couldn't. I just know Big Island. T- then what is Big Island? Big Island's the last remaining bastion of sanity on the island. It's, and, 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 and none at all at the same time, right? It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's the least uh, populated, maybe. Or maybe, maybe that's Kauai. Uh, depends, man. Kauai is really hot with... Kauai and Maui are really hot for mainlanders, right in their eye, right? But Big yeah. Island is still rough a little bit. It's rough around the edges. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. To me, like, I'll tell, I'll tell people they're doing it right if they go to the Big Island. Like, if you want to see... Also, man, like, all the, the climates on there, like, it's... it's like, for geography nerds or just people want to experience a bunch of weird different things like you'd be doing it right on the big island because everything's there mm-hmm. but also like the volcano just man even the color of the ocean's like a little bluer i don't know man it's it's the country vibe is it's, my mom's side is from there so it's real deep man. ah it goes deep yeah in your, yeah. In your soul it's, it's really the only man if i didn't do music hilo side or Kona hilo side? Yeah. Uh-huh. If I didn't do music, that might be the only island I ever would go in between here and Big Island, probably. Yeah. It's special there. It's real special, man. But uh, I we had a family beach house in Maui, but I I couldn't speak for the whole island, you know? There was a lot of seaweed at the beach house, and now there isn't any. Mm. And talk about conservation, maybe. Nah, nah. Uh, Kauai, my dad's side's from Kauai. But I've only done overnighters there working. Yeah. Because the one part about doing this life is no vacations. Yeah? Or eventually. I mean, you're on one. Bless you, Paul. You New York guys know how to take a vacation in the middle of July. I know. I know. I just wanna I just wanna say the date is July 29th, right? It's 1:19 p.m. Hawaii time. And here's another New Yorker. There's a lull. There's two slow seasons in New York, if you didn't know. July. July, August, and and then, yeah, uh, Jan, Feb. Right? Jan, Feb is uh, musician summer vacation, yes. So don't get into a, Don't get into a, an apartment swap if you're in Hawaii with a New Yorker if it's going to be in Jan, Feb, or July, August, man, because they're <laughs> fucking you, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, this is the first vacation I've ever booked. I, my wife, school teacher, we, we get the two months off. I, I know, no, I'm old enough. I got to I got to spend time with her. I can't be running around our Precious goofy time. ass. Yeah, our goofy ass musician life like running hustling $50 gigs all. It's like Yeah. I now know it's not worth it. It's great, but it's it's for when you're working. What you can do with the extra dollars anyway, man. You can't eat it. Nothing. You don't do anything with it. I've I've worked my face off all summer and then you look in the bank and you're like I I don't have any more money. Yeah, I, I just want this number to go up anyway. <laughs> what did, what did I just do that for? All right. Here's another thing I always thought. You alluded to this in the car, and I, Alika kindly drove me here from Wakes. You said it. Oh, Wikes. Wikes. Shit, that, I, that word's hard for me. It's okay. You, you cut the word in half and add an S to Waikiki. it. Waikiki. Wikes. I got it. Yeah. Wikes. Wikes. Which is Waikiki, which is the asshole of the universe to a Hawaiian, right? <laughs> like, you were shitting all over it. Oh, like, no. It's just, it's just like, it's just Midtown Manhattan. That's all. <laughs> It is, it's, it's a bigger Midtown. It's, it's gotta be, it feels like crazier, dude. It feels like Vegas. It feels strip. crazier than Midtown to you. I mean, cause like, yeah, for us, you know, it's very 
to come in from outside and to drive into it's always a thing. You guys, no one ever wants to go there, right? You're like, no. we're not going to Wikes. No, and then you, if you love your friends enough, you tell them not to go too. <laughs> but you didn't ask me, so there you are. <laughs> yeah, there's a vibe though, man. We were just talking about some guys who who come, who we love and admire, who come visit here, and they, they're enjoying the Wikes thing, and yeah, that's not wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody got their idea of how they want it to go, and you know. There's juice there, dude. There's energy. It's it's it feels big city energy, you know. It does, man. It used to really feel like, like going to the city, coming from Mililani, you know. And then my um, got family that have apartments out there, and then parents drop you off, and then you can go run amok in in the town, man. And before mainland, that was it, man. We used to go there every weekend and just go nuts. make trouble. Yeah. Busk, sneak into bars to see music, though. You know, not for the drinks. But then that's when you get busted. When you sneak into a bar, but you respect the bar enough not to try and get a drink is actually when you get caught, right? Because it's like, you're not supporting the bar. You're a big jackass. You're probably underage. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I literally just wanted to hear the tunes. And then now with my older mind, I'm like, if I bought the drink, everything would have been in whatever that is, in yeah. sync, you know? The, the, the cycle would have, yeah. Would you be going to catch, oh, probably bands coming through town or local cats? Yeah, well, there were the all-ages shows at Pink Cadillac. But then the jazz club, Jazz Minds. Is that the still old there? Jazz Minds, no, it's gone now. The old Jazz Minds, you know, that was 21 plus. All the, all the places with the really good music were all 21 plus, you know? So, so as an under 21 in Wikes or Honolulu, yeah. you got to hustle. You yeah. gotta, is there a shop to get a fake? Or you have to have a brother. No, or I a... just like not shave, man, and try my best, man. Try sneak in. I mean, the 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 other people who didn't look like me, they had their ways. Yeah, they just have somebody open the back door. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It, it, and the only reason we got caught is if we weren't drinking. <laughs> this reminds me of the tuning the guitar thing, bro. Because yes, these kids don't. All my kids, they just buy a fake ID that works somehow. Like, but it's just a numbers game. I'm talking about the rich Westchester kids I teach. So for like 500 bucks, you can get a super valid fake. I never had a fake. I had my brother's shit. You know what I mean? And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it was just a hustle. You know the deal. Man, I mean, on that with like the kids too, I was like, I was thinking about the kids too. Cause it's like, where are you playing? It's like, I'm playing here. It's like, um, oh, too young. It's like, Sneak in, man. Nah, Just nah, get nah, in, nah. dude. Fucking yeah. liquor laws and fines are too hard. I can't endorse that. But seriously, man, stand outside, man. Get one kick drum. Feel something, man. <laughs> Figure it out. I was standing yeah. outside like an idiot, dude. Just to hear one note. Man. I know. I know. If oh, it's twenty-one plus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know what? We're all trying to feel something, you know. But uh, that's how it went for me, you know. Oh. Um, you you did. Well, I guess what I was implying, too, is you, I remember you talking to me about how, like, Manhattan, it's the same hustle as Honolulu. Feels like it. It's, this, it's an island vibe. Just it's bigger, kind of, but yes, you can. Fighting to, you fight to earn your keep. You fight to stay here. You fight to stay there. You kill yourself working. You're probably, you know, if you're lucky, you're one of the ones enjoying the beach, but I would bet money on the fact that you're probably not enjoying the beach as much as somebody who's who's visiting. Yeah. Just as much as how a lot of cats 
aren't enjoying the city as much as they should be because they're working. Mm -hmm. A lot of parallels, man. A lot of parallels between New York and here with uh, how stupid everything, expensive everything is. It's real humbling too, though, because it's not just happening here, you know? Yeah. Cats are getting priced out of New York. People get priced out of their hometowns all the time, man. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's a fight, you know? Yeah, it gives you a whole new perspective. It's a beef, man. And and you stick close with your family and, and try and hold on to these little specks of land or whatever, you know, you stake, you know? Yeah. Or move to nowhere USA and and have a lot of money. It's up to you, you know? I'm going to try and fight to stay here. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to see people get priced out of here, man. People I grew up with, you know? Or even if it's willingly families move and then their parents, they have kids and then the parents want to be close to the grandkids and then boom, no foothold here. In Oahu. Yeah, yeah. Or in, in the state, you know? It's a crazy thing. It's this, the hustle of Hawaii blows my mind, dude. And it's probably, it might be some Honolulu lenses. Mm -hmm. It's real weird out here compared to the other islands, you know? Yeah. But yeah. As an Oahu kid, when you would go as a child to like the big island or Kauai, are they looking at you like, oh, you're like a, you're a city boy. We're already way too fast. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, with the way, with the way Hawaii in general interacts with the way Honolulu interacts with the mainland, it's like, damn, man, if you think I'm slow, wait till you go to the outer islands, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's funny it's funny to be that whole thing is funny but yo that's the vibe out here is just to get well anywhere no expectations take the ride hmm. uh, I go slow here I go fast in New York I'm just taking the ride you know because if you go slow in New York you're gonna have problems and if you go fast over here you're gonna have problems or you're just gonna you know unnecessary stress man yeah which comes with perspective, this whole, the long and windy road. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's, dude, oh, here, this is, a, so usually to wrap things up, before we play your last song, I play a game called Suck or Shred, which I really, <laughs> I want you to take a hard stance. Alika on the car ride is like, you know, I'm getting my, no, 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 I, I, I need a hard stance on these things. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it, man. I'll put uh, my devil horns on, man. Okay. I'm coming in with a hot Fuck. one first. I'm going to come right. in with a hot one first. I think you can answer this one of two people. <laughs> as, as a Hawaiian and as a, a working musician. Soccer Shred, Bruno Mars. Shred. I'm a disciple, man. I'm in the book of Bruno, man. Are you, like, you got to watch, you, he must have been, like, he probably blew, you probably worked with him. You've seen him? No. Is he like a cat around town or was he in L.A. at like 12 years old or something like that? Yeah, I mean, my association with him was that he was in L.A. But man, after I heard the story of of his his 2017 release, I was like on board, man. Yeah. Because like he's staff writing. He was staff writing and then he started picking up momentum. And then 24K comes out mm -hmm. and it's this huge jump. Right, like Beatles, a Beatles level jump. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's like, what happened? Something happened because this is a huge shift. And I talked to somebody who knew the producer, Fontleroy, and this guy I was touring in China 
with was like, it's because he threw away an entire album. He did an album and threw it away wow. before 24K. Did an extreme gear shift with James Fauntleroy. Babyface had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. And man, it's the only shit on the radio with chords. I know. Shred. 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 God bless you, Bruno Mars. Do you think is... I feel like he doesn't totally wave the Hawaiian flag like some of the other Hawaiian artists do. He like is... I mean, he's a global star. Yeah, I he's guess. he's a man. Of, he's, I mean, he's a citizen of the earth, which he, is all good until you're trying to apply for a visa. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all fruity and fun. You know, because um, uh, uh, yeah, I, man. I, I mean, was, I wanted I wanted to know a real Hawaiian's take on him because obviously his tunes are fucking great, and obviously the dude can entertain anybody. And, like you could put him in front of any room, he could probably fucking dance, and people would be like, oh, "This guy's great." Like. He's so good at it, man. And, like, yeah, there's, you know, even with the earlier songs, like, cats out here know what to do with minimal harmonic and melodic material. They they will arrange the shit out of it with punches, and, and they're going to make it fun, you know. And, I mean, Bruno has that. He has cats that he writes with. Is his whole family musical? Like, yeah. Do you, like, other... I feel like everybody, I'm like, this is probably, like, his uncle or some shit. Yeah, like, like John Valentine. Total yeah. utility guy. Works every day of the week. Um, but, man. Ah, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, well, all right, good. All right, here's a little more inside one uh, for the listeners at home. Still really trying to work this one out. Grenades gum. Sucker crap. <laughs> Suck. Suck. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Now, nah, okay. Hey, I got a grenade story. Please I didn't want to explain this to me. This is the second time where I've been like, "What the fuck is this? Hey, is this as a, a gag? A, is this a as a gum? It's shred. As a as a mint gum, yeah, sure. It shreds like the way like you don't you turn off that shredding shit when it's too much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shreds for like all the wrong reasons, but that's not an that's not a casual enjoyable gum. That's for trying to avoid getting a DUI. <laughs> Or smoking buds in places you shouldn't be. And that's that's why Brada had him, you know? Because he smokes weed in weird places. Okay, so for everybody at home, Grenade's gum is in the 7-Eleven, and it looks awesome. The packaging <laughs> looks awesome. You're like, and I love, I'm a gum chewer. I was a smoker for years, quit smoking, and, like, I just, I love all gums. And all, like, that was what I retain, a gum addiction. And... Every time I get it, I'm like, this is the worst fucking gum. I'm like, it's a gag, right? It's like menthol. It tastes like a menthol cigarette in your mouth. And it doesn't, it's not the flavor. It's not like pineapple. So my mainlander bullshit, I'm like, what? This is a joke. This has to be a joke. This is a gag gum. I don't know. So I don't, I'm still trying to understand it. It's like, hey, you gave, what, what is this? It's like, you asked for gum. I gave you gum. Man, I, uh, one time, brother poured out. Some for me. He's like, you want a stick? I was like, okay. I was, I stink like buds. I want some gum. Yeah. Three came out. Uh, whatever comes out, I'll just pop in my mouth. So I did three. I yeah. did three grenades at once. <laughs> it wasn't that awkward. It's, you know, one is enough. Were you a child? No, this was a couple of weeks ago. And you know what it is. Yeah. You know full well what you were getting involved in. Yeah, it's like the COVID test, though. You know, once it breaks through the threshold in your nose, it can go as deep as it wants, you know? It's just one, It's just when it goes through that thing that sucks. Yeah, like, once uh, it's there, uh. 
It just keeps going. It's like, whatever. Just keep going already. Let's do three grenades because the threshold's already. Yeah. I'm not about it. No, I'm not either. And I have three bags of them now. So, But if I smoke weed in weird places, that's when shred. You, that's when you hit a grenade. Shred. And as, you're, as I heard, it's like it can cover TWI breath. <laughs> so that's why Hawaiians have it in the car. Like you can I had too many green bottles. I'm going to crush some grenades right now. Yeah, three, though. You need three, man. Three is the magic number. Yeah, and then, uh, man, you can do the DeSantis wedding in Long Island, smoked, fucking super blitzed with grenades. <laughs> this message is brought to you by grenades. Get blitzed at the DeSantis wedding in Massapequa. Oh, uh, uh, all right, all right, good. That's good, good. Uh, dude, here, this is this is one I didn't want to write. On, I didn't write on here, but this is now that I'm thinking about it, the 7-Eleven is really an awesome experience. And I, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, Manopua. Oh, yeah, yeah, Manopua, Manopua. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. The Seven the Eleven one is unbelievable. It's, or, it's uh, good. It's good to have, it's good because it's there. It's, uh, dude, that is the best convenience store food I think I've ever had in my life. Seven right? Eleven shreds. It shreds, full shred, right? Like full, full fucking, like ingve, like face melting, like <laughs> cannons are going off. Shred Factory. You're like, oh Total. The, the whole Rising Force album is in 7-Eleven. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yo, man, I don't even fuck with mainland 7-Eleven. It's like, oh, you no, got the hot dogs and the rolly things? Yeah, fuck you too. They're, it's so shit, right? 7-Eleven Japan. Ballin'. Out of control shredding, yes. Ballin'. Ballin'. But, man, that's the funny thing uh, when your cigarette smoker is, okay, 7-Eleven on the mainland sucks. But they have the cheapest smokes on the ah. mainland. Out here, they have some of the most expensive smokes, but the food is really good. The food, you can get the candy, the dope local candy, those gummies. I'm like, addict, dude. Spam musubi. They got the, the mochiko chicken musubi with the, gar with the Japanese mayo. Mm-hmm. All about it. Shred. Full shred. shred. Full shred. Full shred. Uh, rising force. Rising force. All right. Full shred. Um, This one... It feels like a harder sucker shred because there's so much gray area, but I, since you've seen it in New York and you've seen it here, Hawaiian COVID protocol, sucker shred. It's a, it's a whole different thing here, bro. Suck. <laughs> Yo, Just, man, fuck, dude. Uh, I, dude, w dude, it's a different thing here. Uh, because of the numbers to the reaction? Uh, this is a multi-part sucker shred, too. You were here when Waikiki must have been a ghost town. Yeah. But I was too scared to go because it was illegal to, like, hang out with people. Really? Yeah. Yo, I was in the car when they made a radio. I was in a car with my friend when they announced that, oh, it's illegal for us to hang out. It's like, it's, I don't know. Hey, we're on an island. Uh, oh, man, I cannot talk about COVID like this, man. It's it's very in dude. I thought it was going to be a different vibe, but it's. I see people wearing the masks outside alone, running. I'm like, dude, who are you protecting? Man, I, oh, you know. So it's it's there's there seems to be a lot of. It feels like the misinformation spread. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, dude. I, it's it's, and it's weird in New York. I'm not. It's even weird. I'm gonna say it's weirder in New York, quite frankly. But like, yeah. yeah. 
There's uh, a, there's a, there's, I sense the fear here is what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, and I was swimming in it, winter 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I got it, and no one around me got it. I got it too. We had it at the same time. Swimming right? in it. In, we were, do you think you got indoors. it in New York, or do you, you got it in oh, New York? Fuck, I don't know, man. You don't even know where you got it. Because then you were here in March, right? Yeah, and then I lost my smell and taste, and it wasn't yet a symptom, so no one would give me a test. Uh, it was only on tabloid articles that mm -hmm. it might be a symptom. So I saw the whole thing, like, but it was weird because my smell and taste was gone, but I wasn't sick. I could breathe fine. It was awkward. No one around me got sick. I I don't know what it, maybe my body shredded that virus, man. <laughs> maybe it was like, maybe the virus was in there and it's like, geez, bitch, you live like this? <laughs> but man, yeah. no, I don't know, man. It's touchy because we're on an island, but then, um... I was short, man, I rushed, I pretty much fled New York, and I always had this thing in the back of my mind that you might have to leave by fleeing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying that, but it felt like I was fleeing because I was sure with the reaction to COVID that they would close tourism and flying in, and I wanted to be with my family. Yeah. Just in case shit got weird, and it kind of did when the food wasn't there and we rely on imports, you know? Yes. What I mean, what even happened? This whole country is based on ships. Yeah. T uh, top ramen, top ramen, my kingdom for top ramen. Uh, man, it just was so weird. But they never closed. They never closed it. And that's, I mean, it's some federal red tape with that. You know, the, the Congress got to decide because it's a state. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of half-ass. Um, I don't know. The numbers aren't that bad, but I don't know, man. We're on an island. It's touchy. It's small. It's small. Everybody's... Things can get out of control real quick, but uh, I don't know. What's the, what, is it really like 98.5? You know, I don't know, man. Um, we were, Hawaii, man, just thinking about from March to now, Hawaii was doing really good, really killing it, man. Nothing. And then things started looking like they were going to open up and there were ball games, happening in july and then boom back in the corner again mm. we're in the we're in timeout again mm -hmm. um i've heard things from financial people about i don't want to talk about it. there's like some there's like something suspicious man with well it, it's my my personal kink i think has been looking at pictures on instagram of waikiki during covid fucking crazy yeah, I mean, the vibe was like, the vibe felt like it's like illegal to go out. So I was scared to go to Waikiki. No one did anything. I mean, that's what we did for months, bro. March, the radio said that it's April, illegal to hang May. out with my friend. Man. You couldn't do anything. And everybody was so fucking weirded out. We hung out at the <laughs> beach all summer, last summer. Yeah, man, it's with your playmate cooler. Yeah. We were out there, bro. <laughs> I was out there, bro, and, and I remember people coming in with the masks. I'm like, In the water. No, no, it, to the beach. And I'm like, guys, they told us like two months ago, you're not going to get the COVID outside. I'm like, I already had. <laughs> I was like, take your mask off. We're cool. You know what I mean? I feel like that's, it's like, dude, we're not, you're not getting it outside. But I see this shit still. I'm like, we're not, there's so much air. I don't, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think you get it like that. But what the fuck, Paul? 
I know. It was weird. I no, like looking at pictures. There's like so much dissonance, man. I know. I know. Even within, even within people who say one thing online and do another thing when you see them in person. Yeah. The whole thing's freaking weird. It's getting, it's, it's like, it, we're in the weird phase. We're not out of COVID. We're just in the weird, like weird, awkward teenage phase of so much dissonance. COVID though. right now. You know, like, yeah. it's like, what's yeah. the point? Well, you're doing this, you're doing this. Yeah. And if I say, if I say I'm centered and I'm okay, and I feel great. Mm -hmm. Am I careless? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, that was Sucker Shred. What else did I have on here? I wanted to talk about the word cruise. Yeah. Cruise Sucker Shred. That's the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it. Always shred. Fucking... Fucking and justice for all, <laughs> the whole album. <laughs> no for no and the fills. Everything, man. <sighs> Everything, and that's just because like there's two guitars and drums. Like, yeah, that's how shred it is. Yeah, dude. But cruise. do you cruise in New York? Fuck yeah, it's the best. Do, but we don't. But they don't. We don't think of it like. You, Hawaiian people, you say this word. Don't, does a cruise imply a plan? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, loose. Loose. If we're cruising, mm. we might be doing something. A cruise in New York is like a hang. Like, dude, we should hang. Bro, we got to hang. Let's hang sometime, Are right? Are you going to bring chips and I'll bring strawberry jam or? Yeah, like, we're going to hang. <laughs> we should hang, right? Like, oh. Hawaii is like, dude, we should cruise. Yeah, because if we cruise, we we probably not going to talk about work. So definitely not a hang, because sometimes hangs. Now, nah, some people are real aggressive about the hang, not having anything to do with work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in New York, because everybody's yes. like, all right, well, um, you, you know, you said you're going to want to hang, so I don't want to talk about music. <laughs> <laughs> or or in New York though, because it's so work focused is that the hang is actually work like let's hang we're writing a song we're mixing a t you know what i mean like let's play tunes like shed sure. together right like sure. i don't know if a cruise in the way you say it exists in new york i don't yeah because man i can i can i can tell you it doesn't because i was well i lived in kew gardens but i was looking for people to cruise with all the time had a couple of brothers though man oh fuck what was i gonna say about the cruise Oh, I was driving in a car on a way to a wedding like we do mm -hmm. uptown. I caught my ride uptown. You know both the people I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. We met up in the in the 180s, 190s. Yeah, baby. The and heights. we're driving around and I'm sitting in the back and I'm hearing these two guys. They're looking at brothers stooping, cruising. Yeah. The brothers stooping up in, in Sugar Hill and, and Hamilton Heights and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, that's what it's about, man. That's what I'd be doing <laughs> if I was from here. And you know, one of the one of the guys up front said, "Oh man, I don't know, man. I don't know how these guys can do this. Like, they're like, I got to be doing something. You know, they're a bunch of nihilists." I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Whoa!" This is all happening in my mind because you know, <laughs> when in Rome, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah look at you, fucking nihilists, you losers, get yeah. some work, make money. This is New York. In yeah. my mind, though, I was like. Whoa, that's just that's just what Saturday and Sunday look like to me. That's nihilism to you? Yeah. Perspective, bro. 
dude. perspective about the cruise in New York. Because, man, but... You were, you were New York cruising because you were going to a gig, you are going to a function to make money together. Yeah. And if you're not doing something to make money, it's probably to just reset your, like, social battery. You know what I mean? You're like... And I love it, man. I love everything about the city and the way people operate. I got no problem with it. I take the ride. But, man, dude, brakes make what you do gold, you know? Yeah. Why uh, Versus, like, you know, copper every time, you know? Mm -hmm. When you got good brake, man. I can feel it. I can feel that I'm stretching my back right now for everybody at home. Yeah. Well, and, well, there's, well, I guess this is what I liked about the longer hang in Oahu is I guess I wasn't so familiar with the car culture here. People don't walk places, dude. This, you cruise. We're literally in a car. That's true. Cruising. You, you guys are driving everywhere. Like New York, you're walking. Let's I go for it. a walk. I love the workout was baked into my day. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, my, my threshold for what was fat was a lot lower. <laughs> to the car thing. And then you double that with cats, like, have the lightest gear there is. And now you're just fluttering, baby. You're just... <laughs> All right, Alika, thank you for taking time. Alika has a sound check at 3 o'clock, so we're going to wrap this up. You didn't, dude, you didn't, God damn it, we're like way deep in this. You're releasing, you have 30 tracks, essentially, possibly, up to yeah. 30. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so I started, I put a bunch of ideas away. I had new ones, and then when this pandemic shit happened, I got ripped out of my tour less than halfway. Mm -hmm. I had so much juice, man. And I just started writing and I went into my notebooks where I had this preserved consciousness that I snatched out of the ether, turned it into songs, mm -hmm. did some left brain treatment to all of them, mm -hmm. took them to the diarrhea sessions, mm -hmm. shaped them into turds. And 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 they're sitting here in the can in Dimitri's studio, man, ready to go, man. Oh, I'm super stoked on it. I'm saying stuff I meant to say 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. And even if this doesn't go anywhere, it'd be a nice thing to tie off. Are these just weird instrumentals, man? Of of pure like, yeah, this is me. This is my hip hop, my rock, my jazz. Uh, always looking for the next fix. Mm -hmm. Garage. Music at all costs. The long and winding road leads right back to your door. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, man, and after all the inspiration in New York, you know, and after, like, I finally had time to write and, and think about what my conception was going to be because I was taking notes all four years, man. Beautiful notes. I was thrust back into guitar because of how good you fuckers are over there. <laughs> And then this came out. This is it. And I'm so glad because, yeah, this is just, it's me. It's the most individual it's ever felt. It, 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 I don't even care how it does because it's me, man. It's going to live longer than me. And that's, that's, it's honest. I enjoy it. It's the realest thing I've done. That's awesome, dude, to even be able to say those words. To know? believe in, I've rushed every single project I've done prior to this. Yeah. And this one. This is the gift of COVID, is that you had some time. Best of COVID, hashtag. <laughs> so we're going to play Cats out. Wait, before I even say that, where do people find you? And I'm going to say this in an intro. Where do they, is it like We Yeah, but the, the website's doo-doo. 
But you're going to refresh all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, LikaLyman.com. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Bandcamp. Bandcamp. You're going to do the Bandcamp thing. And I'm already on there. Yes. And Spotify has my Tiki record. You know, maybe just say Spotify. Because, hey, you know, anything I want to hear, I want people to hear is going to be on Spotify. Yeah. That's kind of where people check shit out. Yeah, I kind of. But dude, you got to put it everywhere now. It's got to be on YouTube. And usually, are you going to use DistroKid? Yeah, I think so. That's the hot one, right? That's the hot one. It's a nice one fee. We don't have to go to it. We can talk about this. It's not like CD Baby. Off, but CD Baby. I think, I think it just kind of puts the shit everywhere for you. Alika Lyman, colon, the good news. We're going to play cats out with La Moth, which you say in a French way. Dude, I was going to say about Try Smoke This too, is that you don't say it like the way you write it like super white boy way try smoke this but you don't say it like that try okay. smoke this yeah <laughs> yeah just take the spaces away try I, smoke this i was trying to because at the gig it tells you like try smoke this you like, <laughs> smoke this you're yelling i was like i've been saying it all since the teddy's gig on sunday it's thursday bro <laughs> everything rachel my wife she says she's like try smoke this <laughs> <laughs> It's a vibe. Hey, Mads, if you wanna if you wanna get on that, man, it's a catchy. You just gotta take any construction gig, man, day labor or something, where you're just picking up shit and throwing in a trash. (laughs) Bro, you're pigeon in a week. You just gotta be on the job site, bro. That's that's where you that's where you would get it. All right, I'm sorry, Lamoth. You said this is all wrong. The flight. A flight, a flight. You wrote this after the flight of a moth. Did you write the riff first? Tell us about the creation of mm. La Moth. Man, I saw this. I saw this picture floating around online, probably from DeviantArt or something. And it was a big black moth surrounded by littler moths, and they were holding hands in a circle around the big black moth. <laughs> and you know what, man? I just got to say, like, I saw the picture. I loved it. Yeah. Because, man, we got the big black moths here. In Hawaii. The big ones. Yeah. Like bats. And they have big red eyes. Oh, that's freaky. And and they're amazing. Uh, a lot of people think that's spirits from ancestors coming. But I mean, either way. So we got the big black ones and we got the little white ones. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, I can. And then I just saw the picture and I just started playing. And I was like, I'm going to think about this picture and play. So I talked to the artist. He's going to let me use it as, a, as an album art. But um that one played itself. Uh, Try Smoke This had a lot of versions, but the moth arrangement from the day it was born to now is the same thing. Just from you looking at a picture and playing and guitar it was just a stream and channeling, of channeling it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. You and got I the, just, the lightning strike, I call it. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna stop when it was done, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, another part, another part. So Moth is a three-part song, sort of played like a suite. Uh, you'll be hearing the first movement. But and, the whole thing was was on the spot. Same arrangement we've been doing the whole time. And you wrote it like solo guitar? Yeah. To a click or to a groove? Just in, just in it. Oh, with my cell phone. In, cell phone uh, on. Camera. Camera, camera mode. I, 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 you know, I could have another <laughs> app, but... Ooh. I got four gigs of memory. I can't have Lyft and Uber, dude. Yeah. And it's like, I did a gig one time in Brooklyn, in hipster Brooklyn, mm. in a warehouse. Bushwick. And it's like, uh, no, right right at the old Navy. The old the Navy, Navy yard. yards. Okay, yeah. And, um, oh, uh, hey, the, the uh, maitre d' said we can have drinks. It's like, cool. 
uh, where's the bar? It's like, oh, you got to get the app and then you order it and then somebody will come out. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't drink. You were like, I can't. I you was like, God damn hipsters. <laughs> Why do I want an app for one night? Oh, that is annoying. And then somebody will come out. Oh, I'm so special. Somebody will come out and give it to me. It's like, where's the bar? Ladies and gentlemen, Halika <laughs> Liven. Check about Oahu's finest, New York City's finest, Seattle's ah. finest. Paul, you're the man. Dude. dude, thank you for taking time. Thank it's you, my Demetri. Thank you, D. Paul, it's my pleasure, man. It's, I'm honored.
Cats and kittens, as always, thank you so much for listening to Secret Famous. Uh, a couple more to be bounced down. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you take care of your damn self. The outro is the weirdest part for me. Maybe if I was a little more proactive in the timing of these, the outro would be more. <laughs> anyway, enjoy Secret Famous. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.